he was the product of an English public school and university. He was, moreover, a modern product of those seats of athletic exercise. He had little education and highly developed muscles. That is to say, he was no scholar, but essentially a gentleman. A good enough education in its way, and long may Britain seek it. This young man's name was Paul Howard Alexis, and fortune had made him a Russian prince. If, however, anyone, even Steinmetz, called him prince, he blushed and became confused. This terrible title had brooded over him while at Eton and Cambridge. But no one had found him out. He remained Paul Howard Alexis so far as England and his friends were concerned. In Russia, however, he was known, by name only, for he avoided Slavonic society, as Prince Pavlo Alexis. This plain was his. Half the government of Tver was his. The great Volga rolled through his possessions. Sixty miles behind him, a grim stone castle bore his name, and a tract of land as vast as Yorkshire was peopled by humble-minded persons who cringed at the mention of His Excellency. All this because thirty years earlier a certain Princess Natasha Alexis had fallen in love with plain Mr. Howard of the British Embassy in St. Petersburg. With Slavonic enthusiasm she informed Mr. Howard of the fact, and duly married him. Both these persons were now dead, and Paul Howard Alexis owed it to his mother's influence in high regions that the responsibilities of princedom were his. At the time when this title was accorded to him, he had no say in the matter. Indeed, he had little to say in any matters, except meals, which he then still took in liquid form. Certain it is, however, that he failed to appreciate his honours as soon as he grew up to a proper comprehension of them. Equally certain is it that he entirely failed to recognise the enviability of his position as he rode across the plains of Tver towards the yellow Volga by the side of Karl Steinmetz. This is great nonsense, he said suddenly. I feel like a nihilist or some theatrical person of that sort. I do not think it can be necessary, Steinmetz. Not necessary, answered Steinmetz in thick guttural tones. But prudent. This man spoke with the soft consonants of a German. Prudent, my dear prince. Oh, drop that. When we sight the Volga, I will drop it with pleasure. Good heavens! I wish I were a prince. I should have it marked on my linen and sit up in bed to read it on my nightshirt. <laughs> no, you wouldn't, Steinmetz, answered Alexis. You would hate it just as much as I do, especially if it meant running away from the best bear shooting in Europe. Steinmetz shrugged his shoulders. Then you should not have been so charitable. Charity, I tell you, Alexis, covers no sins in this country. Who made me charitable? Besides, no decent-minded fellow could be anything else here. Who told me of the League of Charity, I should like to know? Who put me into it? Who aroused my pity for these poor beggars? Who but a stout German cynic called Steinmetz? Stout? Yes. <laughs> cynic, if you will. 
German? No. The words were jerked out of him by the galloping horse. Then what are you? Steinmetz looked straight in front of him, with a meditation in his quiet eyes, which made a dreamy man of him. Uh, that depends. Alexis laughed. Yes, I know. In Germany you are a German, in Russia a Slav, in Poland a Pole, and in England anything the moment suggests. Exactly so. But to return to you, you must trust to me in this matter. I know this country. I know what this League of Charity was. It was a bigger thing than any dream of. It was a power in Russia, the greatest of all, above nihilism, above the Emperor himself. 